Welcome to the Opportunity Collective, a collaborative network of emerging leaders who are creating new opportunities for ourselves, but more importantly, for others. I'm Daniel Eccles, and I'm here to guide you on the path to turning your plan A into a reality. And that's the impact that you feel called to make. And here's the secret sauce in how we make it happen. Collaboration is greater than competition. By working together, we can accomplish far more than we ever could alone. In each episode of the Opportunity Collective, we showcase remarkable leaders, creatives, and entrepreneurs, and we start creating opportunities through three questions that we ask them. What are you excited about? How can you help? And how can we help you? So hey, join the Opportunity Collective and start collaborating with other emerging leaders to create opportunities. One of my favorite parts of a podcast is getting to hear from people that I honestly wouldn't get to run into in my day-to-day all that often from unique industries, backgrounds, cultures. And our guest today is no exception to this. You're going to find her extremely charming and wonderful and excited about the things that she is up to. I know I was very just thankful and grateful to hear somebody's passion for something that I honestly have never considered before in my life. So, and and this person is Kirby Green and she is in agriculture and also business. And she does some leadership development for emerging young professionals with her podcast called Sharpen. And so it's, it's a large mixture of different things that she talks about from a background of agriculture, but also caring about community development and caring about professional development for these young professionals in the first 10 years of their careers. And so we talk about a couple of things here. We talk about, first of all, and most of all, the dreams that she has for her community and growing her community, both physically in Kentucky, where she is living, her hometown, her second hometown as well. And then also growing a community and network just for rural communities in general, and then also in the industry of agriculture. And then we also talk about having a personal board of directors and how that helps you create more opportunities by having some accountability and people to support you and back you. She will talk about having a network as a woman in her 30s, stewardship of community, skill of curiosity and the discipline that curiosity actually is. So it's all going to be so fun for you to hear from Kirby Green and check out her podcast. It's called Sharpen. And like I said, it's for young professionals in the first 10 years of their career. She has had over 70 guests and it's a lot of great interviews. And if you're just starting out in your career, which I know a lot of you are, that would be something that I think you would really enjoy and benefit from. So check out the Sharpen podcast and yeah, interact with with her. Interact with Kirby. We love to hear from you. And so if you would, I, I would love to hear from you as well. Leave a, a review. It doesn't have to even be five stars. I'm not your favorite podcast. That's okay. That is okay. Just leave a review and, and let me know how I'm doing. If there's anything that I can do better for you, if there's any ways that I could help you create more opportunities or go a direction that would help you in the things that you are passionate and excited about, that's what I want to do. I just want to help. So go with that. And for now, let's listen to my new friend, Kirby Green. I was thinking beforehand, before we started this conversation, that actually this just feels almost homey to me because I have some family in, in Kentucky and I always kind of have a little Kentucky in me. And so that's where, that's where you are. So I was looking forward to this conversation just to feel a little, little at home. I've never lived in Kentucky, but my mom's side of the family comes from down there and I'm a, I'm a Wildcats fan myself. So oh, thanks God for- Oh, God bless you. No, 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 I am. I am. Oh. I'm a I'm a Murray State and a Wildcat fan. So that's why I say God bless you, because we definitely have some rifts in Kentucky. Between- well, you know, you, you don't you don't ever know though when a southerner says God bless you, if that's a good thing <laughs> or not. <laughs> you were like, she either loves me or hates oh, no. me. And I-, I said the wrong <laughs> no, thing. No. Is she a Louisville <laughs> fan? Is she <laughs> 
Oh, that's you lived hilarious. in Indiana or you for some weird reason a Hoosier? That would be that. Oh terrible. no, no, God, that would be God bless you. You know, it'd be like uh, a different tone of voice. Yeah, there you yeah. go. So, yeah. just for the listeners, uh, listen to that inflection. <laughs> this is a little, a little cultural language lesson here for you. Just if a Southerner yes. says "God bless you," listen for the tone and the inflections in that, and that's important. Okay, I. I, I guess I haven't lived in the South to be able to recognize that I have some some things to learn myself, even though I really yeah we're going to abandon our topics. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Forget what we no, were going to talk about podcast. before today. Gonna, is yeah. <laughs> perfect, perfect. But anyway, Kirby, thanks for for being on the Opportunity Collective. I'm just excited for listeners to get to know you a little bit. Here are some of the things that you're working on some of the things that you're excited about the gifts and the the things that you have to provide and the ways that you love to help other people and then also how anybody might be able to help you in the things that you're doing beforehand tell people a little bit about about who Kirby is what's actually important to know and then talk about some of the things that you're up to like a sharpen and a buyer uh, crop science Yeah. Well, Daniel, thank you so much for having me on. Before we were recording here, I was telling you, gosh, I've been on the other side of the mic for numerous interviews. I think this is my very first podcast interview. So thank you for having me on. And for the listeners, I was like, so tell me about your ability to edit if I mess up. Because I'm like, (laughs) I'm used to be in the driver's seat on that. Now I'm at... Yeah, I'm 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 at your mercy, but no, thank you so much for having me on and it's been so fun getting to know you and your audience and and learning about your podcast Daniel. I think we have so much so similar intentions mm-hmm. with what we're doing in the podcasting world. So it's just been a great pleasure getting to know you. So my name's Kirby Green. I grew up in Kentucky. If you can't hear it in my voice, (laughs) then I'll tell you. I grew up in a very, very small town in Kentucky. We say counties. We talk about like, what county are you from? I lived in Indiana for a while, Daniel, and I would be like, so what county are you from? And they're like, (laughs) they would tell me, but they had to think about it. (laughs) Yeah. Hamilton, East Hamilton (laughs) County. So, so I grew up in a very small county. My family farms, my family farms to this day. And I have realized in adulthood, I think I started to realize probably high school, Daniel, where it was like, oh, you know, growing up on a farm and being a farm kid, you know, this isn't everyone's lifestyle. And for probably Mm. many, many years of my childhood, I just thought growing up in a small town where everyone knew everything about you and looked after you for better or for worse. And there was a farm, like I was like, okay, this is what you do when you're a kid. And I'm Mm. so grateful for that having been my childhood. So I went to school at in Kentucky, Murray State University, go racers. I think my water glass has my racers logo on there. So yes, I'm a Murray State basketball fan and a University of Kentucky basketball fan. You can be both. And if any of your audience... (laughs) It's allowed. Yeah. Yeah. And if they have other thoughts around that, you know, I tend to be like most things are like super nuanced, but that's not one of them. And, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's one of those you're allowed to have multiple teams that you cheer for. So I've been a lifelong agriculturalist, Daniel. So having been a farm kid, I, I loved what we did. I loved that my work was hands-on. I loved that what we did was in our community. I saw the hardships of how the weather impacts what you do. And I saw the hard work that it took. And I just, I fell in love with agriculture. And that's what I pursued in college. And I spent some time in the high school classroom as an agriculture teacher. I love that. I was actually talking to one of my former students last week and I said, oh my goodness, I was only like four years older than you. You know, it was just one of those, like, I wasn't that much older <laughs> than you and I was technically in charge, but I love that. I knew I wasn't going to do that forever. And I made the transition to agribusiness and that's what took me to Indiana. So I know that we'll get into some discussions today for, you know, this next gen young professionals audience. Mm-hmm. I love to talk about you know, those transitions at the time, everybody thought I was crazy. Like you're a teacher, you're, you know, you're a, this, you're a, you know, fill in the blank. 
Because so much of my identity, whether it was self-imposed or others, was connected to that that classroom. And and I love, I'm still involved with the FFA. I was a FFA advisor. And so people are like, what are you doing? You know, changing the trajectory of your life. And and so, and I've done that numerous times, but you know, I, I, I now live back in Kentucky. So I've made some transitions and territories. I'm with Bayer Crop Science and I serve on the top producer account manager team. And we're working with farms across the United States. So I get to wake up every day and do what I absolutely love to do professionally, which is work with farmers. They are smart and they work hard and they have to pivot and go all all day long. And so they're just some of the best business owners to get to work with. And personally, and I, I tend to talk about, you know, there's not really these separate categories. Life's just kind of life. So, but yeah, personally, yeah, yeah. I'm a mom to three girls and I, I'm i married. My husband and I, we met in college at Murray State. We've been married for it'll be 11 years here soon. And I've got three daughters, eight, six, and almost two. So that's a little bit about me in, in a quick summary. Well, I, I guess I'll just kind of skip ahead a little bit too, because this just like came to mind as you were talking, and I'm sure this was at the bottom of the question sheet. So I apologize for just jumping around on you on, no, on no, the no. questions and everything. But as you talk about your passion for agriculture, but then also like next gen young professionals, um, mm. I guess being a city boy <laughs> myself, <laughs> you don't really think about some of these other industries like agriculture for leadership development, or as you are involved in, in mentorship through, through edge mentoring is mm-hmm. something that I'm really passionate and excited about as well. And you don't necessarily think about mentoring and what that looks like in a rural community. So how do you kind of mix those, those two together? The traditional way that we think about these next gen young professionals, oh, I'm going to listen to a podcast called Sharpen that's for young professionals. It's going to be heavily just your, your regular business. How do I climb the ladder? That's what I would imagine. But it doesn't sound like that is is what it is going to be. So, how have you kind of mixed those those two worlds together and seen um, opportunities for people that are maybe in a rural community or are doing something that's not a traditional industry, but are are wanting to reach that next level and have opportunities and and continue to pursue their their dreams and passions? Yeah, no, I'm so glad you brought up mentorship because so much of my story, Daniel, is is being mentored. And whenever I was younger, I probably wouldn't have identified it in that way. I think about that small town I did grow up in. Mm. I was the first in my family to go to college. And so I think about all of the mentors I had in a small town that's like, you want to do that? We're on your team. You know, everybody from guidance counselors to alumni of various schools or whatever it was, if my parents or myself said, hey, I want to do this, or I think I want to study this, or I'd like to explore this. Like you had this village of people that, Mm -hmm. that had your back. And so it's been really neat to reflect on that here, here a little bit more recently, because I feel like I've had such a hybrid experience of mentorship. I've had that small town where in your life, if you're driving 65 miles per hour on the way to high school, we know who your parents are and we're going to call them and (laughs) great accountability. Because I think about mentorship too. We talk about, I love that we, we talk about that, but sometimes it really lacks true accountability. And what I've seen is I'm like, golly, Mm. from a young age, I had that. And I had such extreme accountability when everybody knows everything and knows your family. So but no, I think I think you're right. Agriculture is an industry that so many we are all connected to agriculture, right? We are all connected to food and fiber and fuel. And that's what we wake up every day in the ag industry thinking about. Like how do we serve the global population to provide food and fiber and fuel? And and what a mission to wake up. You know, I know a lot of people talk about employees and the lack of connection to purpose and passion. And I'm like, that is not our reality. Like, you know, what you're doing impacts the good of your community that you see with your eyes every day. And then your broader community across the globe, across the country. So I I think 
my experience of having been involved in agriculture from an early age through high school, college to today was having experiences and organizations for youth like 4-H and FFA and then college Mm. of various young professionals in the making next gen kind of groups because they said, you have a big task. If you decide to go in this industry, you know, this is what you get to wake up you get to wake up and do every day, not have to, you get to, and therefore you are a leader. And so then as I transition into, you know, a big girl job and in the workplace, mentorship and development continued on, you know, through, through those years. And, and then what's been the cool thing too, Daniel, and I love the name of your podcast and I love the goal on collaboration, but being in agriculture today is so fascinating because of Mm. all of the collaboration and the connection to other industries. You know, the, what, what I talk about with some friends is that, you know, I felt like maybe when I was in high school and middle school, it was like, you know, kind of weird to want to be an ag or you tell people in college, I was in a sorority. I'd tell people I was an ag. They're like, that's kind of weird, but good for you. (laughs) Now it's cool. People want to talk about food. They want to talk about sustainability. They want to talk about, environmental health. And I, to me that that's so exciting. And so the, the, the really fascinating part of also being an ag along with working in farmers is the connection that I get to have with other industries outside of ag, because the conversation is now more common. And and Mm. I love that. And you mentioned sharpen. I didn't mention that in my intro and I'd be glad to talk about that at some point too. I host a podcast called Sharpen and it's the podcast I always say for young professionals in the first 10 years of a career, because I think I was at a place of, I had moved back home and I was going to be living in a rural community. And I had lived in Indianapolis where, you know, and there's such a culture of, you know, relationship building and and networking Mm -hmm. and mentoring and these amazing people that I'd met through edge mentoring is one of those that you named. And I knew I was making a transition from away from that area. And on my mind was how do I keep building these kinds of relationships and having Mm -hmm. these conversations? And, you know, I listened to podcasts and at that time in 2017, there weren't I couldn't find a podcast that was just for people in our stage of career. And so I thought, well, I guess I'll start one and my mom and my husband will listen. And maybe some of these ag friends that I know from these other small towns. But what became so rich is that the people that listened, you know, some were in right in New York City and others were in the middle of nowhere, South Dakota, and others were Mm. on the other side of the globe because what we talk about is whole life development. You know, there's not work life balance. There's just life. And so I know you, you speak to that too, and we've connected on that, but, but I, I've really enjoyed kind of the experience of Sharpen and, and I'd be glad to talk about that more later on, but just some of the learnings, but I'm really glad you, you mentioned the podcast because I think so much of my experience within the podcast has also, you know, been a, exercise and development the past few years, but, but no, back to your main question though. Yeah. Whenever you, you were asking about, you know, different industries and, and experience, I just think it's such a cool era that we're in where it's less, you know, you're over here in this industry and I'm over here in this industry. There's more Mm -hmm. collaboration than ever before. And that's exciting to me. What would you say then is like, because you're obviously very passionate about all the agriculture and young professionals and just this whole life integration between all these different areas. What would you say is your dream for these communities, for maybe agriculture, the industry? What would be your dream for that? What would be your dream for young professionals or people just starting out in the in the industry or in a an industry that is lateral or similar or, or close to that you might be collaborating with just tell us a little bit about some of, of your dreams for those those people well i i love rural communities i love the people of rural communities so so much i feel like it's kind of a little bit of a stereotypical response sometimes when you're talking about someone who grew up in that small town and they'll say, well, I had, you know, my first thing was to get out of that small town. And that's fair, right? We've all experienced that. And some people like that maybe was the best, you know, trajectory. But I think especially 
during COVID, a lot of people began to question of like, is the, you know, crazy hustle and bustle and rush Mm -hmm. and not knowing my neighbors or, you know, just a lot of questions around the lives that they live and where they live. And we saw, I don't know about you, but I had so many friends that would grow up, you know, they grew up in smaller cities or larger cities. They would go back there and then they would share an update. They're like, we just bought 20 acres and a farm and chickens. (laughs) And I'm like, you, this is so cool, but I never saw this coming from you. Uh, And they're baking sourdough bread and (laughs) they're making sourdough. Yeah. Yeah. They're counting their eggs every morning, but it was, it was so, it was so interesting to see people's, you know, want to be connected more to nature Mm -hmm. and the land and, you know, free space to, to roam. And, and, and that can be the case, whether you live in a large city or a small rural town, but I I do. I just, I love the people of rural America. They care so deeply about their communities. And, you know, when businesses and rural towns thrive, then everybody thrives. It impacts. And and that's true of of larger cities. But what's really neat about those small towns is that you just see everything firsthand because it is smaller and you're more connected to everybody. And, And you asked me about my dreams. I mean, I think about I think about that a lot, actually, even right now. It's funny you asked me that question, Daniel. I have a peer group in the town that I live now. So I almost have two hometowns. I have the one I grew up in. I have the one that I live in now, both in Kentucky. And so my second hometown here now where I'm raising my my kiddos, I have a peer group of women who lead in all different industries. And we're mm. reading The Dream Manager. Have you ever heard of that before? I have actually okay. a guy on my podcast, Mark Kumasek. He is a dream coach from the dream manager, sort of a thing. So, cool. I, if you'd ever like him to come talk to your peer group, he would have a blast with that for sure. But oh, that's so good to know. We'll have to see. This is what's great about just the chance to sit down and connect with other people is that all of these conversations come up. So, in our group, between the last quarter visit and then our next one in July, the charge has been come up with a list of a hundred dreams and they can be as like simple as I want to learn to, you know, make the best homemade chocolate chip cookies ever, or I would like to run a marathon or I want to, you know, dream small, medium, large. And it's been a fun exercise to just even remind myself like, Oh yeah, I need to work on my dream list. And and some of those have been for the towns that I, I live in. I'm trying to think of the name of the guy who hosts it. It's called the Redemptification Podcast. Oh, John Marsh hosts it. And he and his wife and many others have been involved in this revitalization of a small rural town. And mm. I remember he said, you should talk about your town the way that grandparents talk about their grandkids. And that has so stuck with me. And I even actually listed that as like, I not only want to talk about my my two towns the way that grandparents talk about their grandkids, but I want to view those towns the way that grandparents mm. view their grandkids, which is endless potential and possibility. And, and they see all the good. And even whenever they do something a little knuckleheaded, they're like, that's just them growing and developing, you know, as parents, it might be a different view some days, but so I do, I've, I've, it's been a fun exercise to list all these specific, small, medium, large dreams for the towns I'm from. But I think my broader dream for rural communities is just, I I love that there's podcasts like that one I just mentioned with the marshes and to encourage people to say your town counts matters Mm -hmm. is actually a beautiful example of, of, of culture. And so how do you showcase that in a way, you know, how do you invite others in? And so I don't have all the answers to that yet for my town and I know it won't be me and it's going to be, you know, to your podcast goal, it's all about being a collective group. But I do think about that, that very often. And so I I also say too, for young professionals that listen to this podcast that aren't in a small rural town, I think just finding those places, my, my ask would be, you know, if you Mm. live in a very large city, find that super quaint 
cool little town and maybe it's an hour drive out and, and go visit, you know, if they're having a strawberry festival or a, whatever it is, like go get some fresh air and pick some strawberries or, you know, go to the coffee shop and ask someone a question about their life. Like, I think there's so many neat places that you could absolutely be invited into. It doesn't mean you have to move there. You probably would never want to move there. But then I think then whenever you go back to whatever your community is, that's a, you know, I always think about living in Indianapolis. You know, I lived in Noblesville. Yeah. Noblesville is a little small town too. And so think about your, your community, wherever you live and to stick with the marshes, you know, talk about your place of living the way that grandparents talk about their grandkids and view it in that way. Or even if you are downtown Indianapolis in that sure. area, there are neighborhoods, smaller little holes, small businesses and things that have always been in that neighborhood that you can invest in. And you want to see the yes. success of those smaller neighborhoods as well, not just Indianapolis as a whole. So I think that that intentionality, mm-hmm. that care and love for all these places that matter can can be for a bigger place. It can be for a smaller place, but I, I love that. I really love redemptive stories. I'm, I'm, me and my wife are not done with it yet because we can't get through an episode without getting a little bit emotional, but the hometown um, makeover on HGTV where they go and they go through an entire small town in America and just renovate like businesses, public spaces, homes for people that are doing differences in the community and stuff. I just, I love that stuff. <laughs> so yes. have, you worked, yeah. have you watched that? No, but I need to. Yeah. Uh, oh, you would love I that. Would, yeah. I won't make it through the <laughs> intro, Daniel. Like you're like, at least you made it 30 minutes through with your wife. Cause those, you know, I feel like it's like, those are, those are my people, you know, that's like, so those, those little small towns. Yeah. I, I would definitely love to check that out. And I just imagine like it, whoever we're, you know, wherever and whoever they are, you know, that is going to be game changing, you know, because there's just a, a level of stewardship whenever it's like, and that's, I think why I love working with farmers when it's like, no, great, 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 great grandpa started this like mm. talk about stewardship, you know, it's not, oh, I bought this here in the past five years. It's now my, like, that is so cool to me. So I, yeah, I want to check out some of those episodes. Yeah. I love that. Just talking about stewardship too. I think that the temptation, especially for a podcast, like the opportunity collective, or even as a young professional listening to sharpen, a lot of that is all this new potential and creating something new where there's something really good in front of you that might just take some stewardship and something to sustain over a long period of time. And that can be just as beautiful and way more effective than having to reinvent the wheel and start and create something new. There's a place for both for sure. But I, I love thinking about that stewardship because it's not, it's not my natural go-to as a Mm -hmm. creative kind of guy. My, my usual, it's much easier for me to just create something new instead of look and see what can be redeemed, uh, what can be recycled, reused, and be sustainable. So I, I like that you brought that up yourself. Mm-hmm. And speaking of Sharpen, uh, you've had over 70 conversations with other professionals and giving some good insight and advice to people that are just starting out their career. I I think what you said that you started that for was because somebody told you that as you get into your thirties, that one of the biggest mistakes is that you you will stop networking and Mm -hmm. podcast is a great way of networking and just having conversations and, and learning about just different industries and things that people are doing. It's just all really exciting. It's my favorite part is getting to talk to people like you, Kirby, that it's a different world and it helps me and gives me insight. What are some lessons and some things that you have learned from talking to 70 plus different professionals from all different areas and walks of life? Yeah, no, I'm, I'm so glad you asked because it has been a neat milestone to be at, to be reflecting on the episodes at large, like what were some of the patterns I heard? What were some mm-hmm. of the themes from the guest? And and you're spot on. My my girlfriends so make fun of me. They have lots of reasons to make fun of me. But I had just had my second child, Caroline, and we had moved back home or to our this hometown, second hometown, and from Indianapolis. And I 
you know, I told you, I was like, there's no podcast for people like in my stage of career. And it was like two in the morning and I was up with her. And so I was like, I was telling my friend, I was like, I was on LinkedIn and I saw this article and it said the number one mistake women make in their thirties. And my friend was like, why were you on LinkedIn at two in the morning? Why are you the way that you are? And I was like, I don't know. We're different creatures, you and I. Yeah, I don't feel like anybody really is on LinkedIn on the news, on the feed. I'm like checking it. (laughs) Yeah, like two in the morning and people would be like, thank you for congratulating me on my new role, but why at 3 a.m.? I was like, I was up with a baby. So, and -hmm. then my friends were like, this is whenever you go Amazon shop or get on Instagram, you don't get on LinkedIn. So we've laughed and I love that I have friends that feel full freedom to make fun of me for the way that I am. But I, that article rang true, Daniel, because it, and, and I totally see, cause it was, it was for women and I was like, oh, this is so clickbait. I'm not going to click it, but I did. And it talked about, you know, maybe you're in a season of transition and moving to a new town. You're, you're a few years in your career. And so maybe you're getting more comfortable and you're less likely to call the coworker and say, Hey, how do you think about or can you guide me in this? And then for me, I was literally there holding, you know, a newborn. I was like, yeah, I can see why people don't engage in relationship building. And so it was like, this was a cool, Sharpen was a new way to keep doing that in this new season of life, living in a new town, you know, with a, with a newborn. And, and I'm just so thankful I took that leap to, to do so. But back, yeah, so 77 interviews with amazing guests. Some have been, you know, like the emerging leaders, they are in the first 10 years of their career and they've Mm -hmm. come on. Several of them have been from Indianapolis, friends that I knew there, friends that connected me to other friends. Some of them are, you know, in the the mid range of their career. And then others are, you know, seasoned. Some of them are retired. And so it was so interesting to hear such perspective from all of the guests. And I feel like there were some themes that stood out I had the opportunity to share this with a group called the 21st Century Ag Leadership Forum Mm -hmm. back in April down in Nashville. They were there for their cohort graduation. But one thing that so rang true, and we've already talked about this, is that these leaders across all stages of career, across all industries, by the way, Sharpen is not a podcast for agriculturalists, although I do bring in some of my ag friends. We have people from all areas. So my ag friends, I had... Like I've had people on that are, you know, professional coaches or mm-hmm. someone from Adidas and stuff. So my ag friends are like, where do you find these people? <laughs> <laughs> but I, I've heard over and over and over from all of those diverse guests from all industries and all walks of life and different stages of career, the importance of, of mentors, plural. And some people call it a personal mm. board of directors. Some people call it a life council. You don't even have to call it anything, but they take a look at those core, you know, five to 10 people that they want in their lives, in their ears, in their face, shoulder to shoulder or a phone call, whatever the cadence looks like. And they don't expect one person to be all things to them when it comes to mentorship. You know, I Mm -hmm. heard guests talk about the importance of peer mentors. And I think for this audience right here that's listening to your podcast, like that's one of the most important mentors that you can have. They talked about having, you know, mentors, people who were five or 10 years ahead of them in some seasons of life. They talked about, you know, having the the ultimate champion cheerleader advocate for you mentor. They talked about, and, and this is true for your audience, you want people younger than you mentor. Yeah. Somebody that's five or 10 years younger than you that will inspire you and equip you in ways. So there's your opportunity to start engaging in mentorship yourself. And so this diverse personal board of directors or life council or whatever you will was such a theme. And the folks that practice intentionality early on with that, like the 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 places they went, the things they did, the things they experienced were just incredible. And and some people would say this started happening to me as a byproduct, as just connecting and forming relationships with people. But then down the road, I began to be like, no, I want to be more, you know, regular with the cadence of the interactions, or I want to be more intentional. And so 
that would just be an action item today. I would say if you haven't Mm. spent much time thinking about like, what, who do I have in my life in different diverse capacities and how am I intentionally connecting with them? Just give some, just give some thought to that. And you know, the other thing that, oh, sorry, go ahead. Yeah. Oh, no, I I was just reflecting on that. It reminds me of something that my friend Jeremy speaks to is it's not just having one mentor, it's having a diverse set because people have different roles. And in order to honestly have a defense a circle around your life for when hard things are starting to happen. You need people that are going to react differently that you can go to in different mannerisms. So you spoke to someone that's going to be just that, that like cheerleader. He calls it like your, your uncle <laughs> or somebody that, you know, this is kind of like the fun <laughs> uncle that is, is going yeah. to always support you and stuff, but they're not necessarily going to be the resource <laughs> for yes. some wisdom, but they're going to be the cheerleader and like the fun uncles sort of a guy <laughs> having like a, a counselor, a, a pastoral relationship, mm-hmm. somebody for spiritual and needs in that way. I love including somebody that's younger than you and seeing that as an opportunity to learn from a younger generation. I think that that's even important for a young professional to think about mm-hmm. too, as these are going to be the people that if you're an emerging leader, that you're going to end up leading in your industry and your business, whatever it is that you're building and and working towards, that's likely going to be your audience and and the people. So they have a lot to teach you about (laughs) who you're going to be, to be working with. So I I really like that inclusion there too. So I think that's, that's really helpful and something for me to think about myself. As as you have kind of participated in this mentorship through Edge and also within your, your community, I love your peer group, that idea. What are some skills? What are some gifts? What is the purpose and some calling that, that you bring to the table in those relationships and mentorship? What do you bring to the table for, for buyer, agri-science? And what are some things that you could offer people they're listening, members of the Opportunity Collective, for ways that you might be able to help them on the things that they're passionate and excited about building. Yeah, I, Daniel, I don't know about you. It's been so, I, I'm just a learner. I'm, I'm just love mm-hmm. learning about others. I love learning about myself. And of course, it's what you do when you learn that information, what you do with that. So it, it, it has been uh, over the past, you know, when you, when you graduate college, and you, you know, you, like you kind of know what you're good at, but not fully. And because you <laughs> haven't had as many experience yet yeah. to really like try it on, or maybe I should just speak for myself. And so I probably should have known some of these things. Like when people say, what are your strengths and your weaknesses? Right. And the interview questions, oh, for um, sure. yeah. <laughs> and the answers that I gave 10 years ago to where I am today, it's just been really neat to be able to experience, reflect, pivot, move forward, you know, to, to learn personally, you know, my gifts and then what I could do and how I can use them. So, you know, for, for me in both my role in the organization, as well as in the podcast, you know, I think my gift of curiosity I've learned that that's one of those that I just want to really steward over. And I think that, you know, people say, well, are you naturally curious? I was like, that's a good question. I maybe, maybe I am. Maybe it's also like a bit of a discipline that I've, that I've learned. But what energizes Mm -hmm. me is that, you know, just what I've experienced when you get curious is that you learn something new about someone or the world, and then you get to do something with that. So the repetition of that and like the fruit of it has been really energizing to know, okay, when I stay curious and yes, it's a bit of a discipline some days, it doesn't mean that it naturally overflows, then really neat things happen. And so I know that's one of my gifts. I think it's the gift that led to the Sharpen podcast. Mm -hmm. It's, a gift I bring to the role. You know, I just don't always assume I am really young sometimes. And I feel like whenever I'm interacting and there's a lot of young farmers, my age, but especially when you have multiple generations, I know they will teach me something, you know, Mm -hmm. and, and it's a great joy when they are like, what can you teach us? And 
But I think my curiosity is what's really been a gift and a tool to use in those in those roles. You know, I know you're so gracious in in this podcast setting. My my ask to this group, so stay curious yourselves and and go go check out the Sharpen podcast. It is a podcast mm-hmm. for young professionals in the first 10 years of a career. And I'll usually have an ask each episode like, okay, what what have you read specifically that's taught you about this? And reach out to me in this link. Or I might ask, you know, what have you done? We I had an episode recently on asking good questions. Like when you sit down to meet someone for the first time mm-hmm. or when you're interacting in that kind of stay curious mindset. And I was like, hey, can you submit? Like a, we're not afraid on Sharpen to be like, we're going to keep it real simple, asking good questions. But like no one's ever talked about that in college. And no one talks about like, what are some sample good mm. questions, right? And so I'm like, would you put a good question that you've like asked over and over mm. in in your world that's led to some really neat conversations? So I have usually an ask with each episode. But I, but I think that's where your audience, like I would love for you to check out because it really does feel like a we thing of what we've done and the conversations that we've had over the past, gosh, several years. So, and, and I think that in terms of your question around gift, if you're in a stage of life, here, here's another, and you weren't asking this question, but I've just reflected on if I could like tell myself some different things whenever I was in that first era of being a young professional. If you are like, gosh, I think I'm like good at this, but I don't know that's okay. Like you have mm. to try things on and yeah. there's a great book called how will you measure your life? And he talks about the difference between mm. emerging and deliberate strategy. And I think for young professionals and many in your audience, like so much of what you're doing right now is emerging or emergent strategy, which means you experience it, you do something with it and then you proceed versus deliberates like here's where I want to be in the next five years or here's the plan. And there's so much pressure to be able to say, here's the plan when you're in that stage of life. But you're Mm. like, how do I know my gifts when I haven't even had my, you know, (laughs) opportunity to really fully exercise them? So if that meets you at all where you are today, first of all, the Sharpen podcast would be great for you because we ask those kinds of questions. But second, just know that you're going to continue to learn more about yourself and your gifts and that's okay. That's actually really good. And you may unsurface a gift that's always been there and you may be in your thirties or your forties where you're like, Oh my goodness, I'm actually really good at fill in the blank and I never knew it. And I think that's Mm. like a really cool thing to be able to do and say. Yeah. There's really a lot of pressure on, on the whole figuring out your life especially if you go to college and needing to declare your major, know what you're going to be doing with it. But one out of four students actually continue on in their major Mm. with their profession. So it, it, it's not really about that. My advice is always just throw it on the wall, see if it sticks. And there's nothing that, that is a negative about just trying something out and then it not working. If you try something out and it, is not enjoyable and then you're one step closer to knowing what is going to be enjoyable, what you are gifted at and what your, your dreams and your, your purpose and the things that you're wanting to work towards are are actually going to be. The hardest part I think about that is the brainstorming moments of knowing what do I even try on and and how can I do that in a, in a low risk environment and a free environment where a lot of students right now are are trying things on, but they're declaring it and doing it and committing to it for four years and paying how much money for student loans um, in order to try something and they might not necessarily enjoy it. Well, Mm. what if you instead just volunteered your time, asked somebody that you're just interested in the things that they're doing, how can I help you? We ask that question on this podcast all the time. And that's a great way to to gain opportunities is, is how can I help? do it for free, volunteer, uh, maybe an internship, or even if you don't go to school right away for something, but you can get in that industry and get a job that is at least adjacent that you can learn if you like that environment, if you will enjoy being there. 
and you're getting paid for it, that's less risk. And there's some benefits that go along with that than necessarily investing full-time in something before you know whether or not you enjoy that. So if you're listening and you don't know some of those next steps, but you do have a an end goal sort of in mind. If you have something that, you know, I, I think that I would love to do this someday, but I, I don't know. There's a, a free little planner that you can download. I'll just throw it in the, the show notes it has just a list of different skills and experiences and things that you might need to gain to ultimately try on that, that larger role. Um, and just go and pick a few of those sort of things and ask, where can I gain that experience or gain that skill and try that on for size? And if you get to that and you say, oh, I'm not really enjoying that <laughs> all that much. Yeah. Well, then your big dream, your plan A, as we call it on this podcast, that might need to change. But you figure that out with just a smaller thing rather than going full in on that plan. So go ahead and download that. And on, then also in the show notes, there'll be a link to sharpen as well. So go ahead and listen to, to that as, as well. I think that both of those would be really helpful for you, the listener. And then Kirby, as I just mentioned, we always ask, how can I help you? I think this is my favorite question. I think on, on the whole podcast, especially as just people from different experiences, backgrounds, industries, and everything. And a lot of them seem to have it all together. You seem to be very organized. I think I think that you probably have a lot together, but what are some things that you're working towards that you're like, hmm, maybe somebody would be a little bit more skilled than me in the Opportunity Collective. Maybe somebody has some life advice, has some experience that I have yet to have, and how could they? how could they help you? Well, I love that you asked that question. As I've shared over and over here today, my life is a byproduct of people who, even when I wasn't asking like explicitly or I didn't know how to as a young middle school or high school or whatever for help, they were helping me. Mm-hmm. And so I love that that you asked that question because my life is a byproduct of amazing mentors and these councils or boards of directors, as you say. And so, I, yes, I've, I've mentioned I'd love for people to listen to Sharpen. I'd also say, you know, let's let's connect even, you know, in the worlds of, of LinkedIn or Instagram. Mm-hmm. I love to share about agriculture and, you know, what I do in my role at Bayer Crop Science, as well as what I do in the world of Sharpen. I think people genuinely have so many questions about agriculture and farmers. You know, they are many people are many generations removed from a family farm. Like they could probably go back in history and find out, you know, oh, my great, 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 whatever grandparents, yeah. this, per- oh, they, they farmed that, that is, that is highly likely. Like it eventually at some point in your family tree, you're going to have connection to, to farming. Uh, but as of today, people don't have that connection. So they don't feel like they can see it, breathe it, understand it. Like, why do you do that? Or so even professionally, I'll I'll share some updates around some really interesting things that we do in agriculture or the the customers that I work with. People have a lot of questions specific to sustainability. And I'm like, oh, there's no better environmentalist than a farmer because Mm. the land means so much to them. They, you know, we've talked a lot about stewardship. They're like, you know, I think about stewardship in terms of my next six generations and the quality of the soil and the water and the, you know, everything around where I farm. I think about that all the time. And so that's another way that I would just love to be able to connect and share that because I know so many people have genuine questions on that. And then the last thing, if you have a topic for Sharpen, the best topics, Daniel, as you know, come from audience members reaching out through through some links and I can share those with you saying hey I, I this one came somebody was like okay this is a really simple question but I feel like I can ask you when should I go get a master's like or like what should I be <laughs> thinking about do you have a I was like that's a great question I had a guest on Tim Hamrich he did an amazing job talking about like what is the intent of the masters and what is not and yeah. he talked through some of those things you just said if you're wanting to explore and experience this thing, then, then do it in these six other ways. Not, Mm -hmm. you know, don't foot a bill for a master's program, 
Now, if you're wanting to hone in and do this, this, and this, a master's program is an amazing opportunity. Yeah. So we ask questions like that and the best suggestions come from the guest and the feedback I'll get sometimes, especially, you know, in the very beginning days, people are like, you ask really good questions that like really, and I'm like, I'm asking the questions that I have, you know, so they're not... It's it's always the goal of Sharpen is to meet young professionals exactly where they are, the questions they have, and your topics mean a great deal. So if you have a suggestion, please also reach out because those are where the best ideas come from. Yeah. Any questions that a listener might pose or feedback or any of that is just... Yes. We live for that. <laughs> That's yes. super helpful. So it might sound like a small ask, but for for me and Kirby listener, like that's a, a huge oh. way that you can help us is by, yes. by actually communicating with us what you're hearing us say and how we might be able to help you even further. That's what we want. So please reach out interact with us and collaborate with us as we just want to continue to help you create new opportunities. Um, and that's what we're going to continue to do. So thanks, Kirby. Any sort of ways to connect with you? I'm going to throw those in the show notes as well. Maybe your LinkedIn profile or, or ways like that if somebody would like to to connect with you in those ways. And then also definitely sharpen uh, the link to, to that as well. So, and listener, thank you. Continue to gain more opportunities. We're going to do that, create more opportunities. And more importantly, we want to create more opportunities for other people. When we are collaborating together, that's when things are going to happen and opportunities are going to be created. So just remember that it's all about collaboration. Collaboration is greater than competition. We don't need to compete. Uh, we can be in this together and grow something that is really cool and reach the things that we feel led to, called to, and the the purpose that we are are given and created for. So thanks for listening and we'll catch you next time. Well, that was pretty fun. And I wanted to make sure that you remember that all of the things that we talked about are in the show notes. So make sure that you go and listen to Sharpen, connect with Kirby on LinkedIn, and then also make sure if it's helpful to download the free planner that I have created that will help you discern what skills, experiences, things you might need to try on for size before making a large long-term commitment and deciding whether or not that is your plan for your entire career. So what are the things that you can try and see if it works for you? So that is a free resource for you. Go ahead and download that. And until then, we'll catch you later. We're going to continue to create more opportunities for other people. And I'm really excited for you to be along the ride. So thanks for being a part of the Opportunity Collective.